This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody. Welcome, welcome to a Sports Talk, big Thursday night edition from the beach and back in the Midlands and over in the PD. Hope you had a great day. Thank you for joining us for the best, the best two hours of your day coming up right now here on Sports Talk. Phil Kornblut here at the beach. We're located tonight at the location of the sponsor's dinner. For the Touchstone Energy Bowl North-South All-Star Football game coming up on Saturday, our airtime will be at 12 o'clock. And, of course, at halftime, we'll have the announcement of Mr. Football. So not only will we have outstanding football, we'll have the big news of Mr. Football in South Carolina for 2023. So you don't want to miss that. We've got a great uh, list of stations for you carrying the game. If you can't find us over one of our stations, we'll be streaming it through the Chief Sports app as well as on Twitter and on um, YouTube in our normal uh, streaming locations. So you can find us uh, that way. But tonight, uh, a lot to do. We'll hear from the two head coaches tonight, Will Young from Greer, the head coach of the North, Walt Wilson of Richland Northeast, head coach of the South. couple of pieces of news from today. The North team, because they lost their lone center, they had one center on the team. They lost him, J.T. Sowell, to injury. They learned they had nobody else who could be center, so they brought in Nick Hatton out of Westside. So he'll be the center for the North team. They can't let him get hurt because apparently they don't have anybody else who's ever snapped the ball. And on the South squad, another player has gone out. Receiver Jaquarius Mayrant of Camden is out for the game. So good bit of personnel moves, especially on the South side because of illness and injury and things like that. But you know what? They'll have enough players to play the game on Saturday. The weather should be excellent. We encourage you all to come on down to the beach and enjoy a beautiful day here at the beach. You, you don't really need a reason to come to the beach, but if you need a reason to come to the beach, come to the beach to watch some of the best high school football players in South Carolina. All right, we got that coming your way tonight. We will also hear from uh, Dabo Sweeney, who had a conference call today to talk about the Gator Bowl, but they didn't talk about the Gator Bowl hardly at all (laughs) because they were talking about the transfer portal, John, for the most part. Uh, Mike Morgan will join us a little bit later on. And from out in Montana, don't forget, Furman plays tomorrow night in the third round of the FCS playoffs. They're playing out in Montana. They flew out today. Coach Clay Hendricks will join us live from Montana at 7.30 tonight, plus uh, an update on some newsy things and recruiting as well. If we have time to take calls, we'll try to take some calls. Couldn't get to them last night. We were so busy. May try tonight, 888 888-898-2525. 888-898-2525 is the number. And, of course, we'll look back 
right here at the top on the South Carolina Clemson basketball game last night, Chris, as the Tigers won at Little John Coliseum. It was a really good basketball game. It went back and forth. The Gamecocks had a lead. The Tigers came back. They took a lead. Gamecocks came back, and then eventually the Tigers pulled away to the victory. And I just think they wore the Gamecocks down inside. I think, uh, you know, P.J. Hall, but really, um, Ian Shefflin was really, really big for Clemson last night. Double-digit rebounds, a force inside. Thought he was going to be a handful for the Gamecocks. I thought he would be one of the reasons that Clemson would win the game. And the Gamecocks just couldn't keep up the early outside hot shooting of Michi Johnson and others. Uh, they gave up too many points in the second half, obviously didn't score as many points in the second half. And outside of Michi Johnson in the second half, no one else really stepped up to score points for the Gamecocks. No, they really did. And I, you're right. I think Ian Shefflin was probably a player of the game. He was fabulous for Clemson on the inside. And I think their their strength and size and power down low ultimately got to the Gamecocks. But as I thought, South Carolina played them extremely well defensively, started to wear down, though, in the uh, second half. And when the Gamecocks had that 11-point lead early in the second half and then Clemson ripped it off and got right back in the game, I thought it was going to be tough and got Little John hopping. That's as good an environment as Clemson basketball has had in a long, long time. And uh, Brad Brownell saying after the ball game last night, they probably don't beat South Carolina if that game is not at home and they don't have a full house. I thought it was a terrific basketball game, a great showcase for our state. And I'll tell you one thing that I thought was interesting too, Phil, Stephen Clark who has been very sort of underutilized or not talked all that much about with regards to the Gamecocks, I thought he gave them a huge lift last night. I thought he played very well, tried to defend P.J. Hall as best he could. Miles Studi, though, on the flip side, I think really hurt the Gamecocks, did not have a very good ball game, and they needed him to score. And four points from him. And 24 minutes just wasn't going to be enough. Mack was solid, and Michi Johnson was as, as good as he has been the past couple of weeks. I mean, he's on a ridiculous streak with regards to scoring. I mean, he's starting to put up, you know, Devin Downey-type numbers every time he steps on the floor. You can almost expect 25 or so points per ball game. But overall, I just thought it was a terrific display of basketball in South Carolina. It was great to see because we don't get these type games between these two teams all that often. And it was fun to watch going back and forth. If you didn't care who won and you just wanted to watch a really good basketball Basketball game. I hope you tuned in last night. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you look at the second half scoring for the Gamecocks, and only two players had more than one basket in the second half. Johnson had four baskets, three of them were three pointers. He was four for mm-hmm. four from the line. He had 15 points in the second half alone. So he pretty much single handedly kept them in the game. You mentioned Stephen Clark. Well, he was two for two. Everybody else was one for something. B.J. Mack, one for seven. Studi, who did not have a good night, one for three. Cooper was one for two. In other words, they just didn't have enough enough folks step up in the second half right. for South Carolina. Just didn't have enough folks step up in the second half and make shots. And, and then defensively, they broke down, I think, like anybody in basketball. If it's not going well for you offensively, you tend to give it up some on the defensive side. And, the, again, the Tigers – in the second half in particular, when they came back, look what they had. They had Wiggins scored 13 in the second half. Um, you had uh, Shefflin score uh, 10 points in the second half. Uh, Chase Hunter scored 10 points in the second half. They didn't need P.J. Hall to be all that big for them in the second half. He did score five, but it was other guys that stepped up for them in the second half. The Tigers ended up with a, a big scoring uh, second half. The most points the Gamecocks have given up in a half 
this season, the 49 points the Tigers scored last night. So the question becomes now, this Clemson team 8-0. Well, here's the question. Did we look at – did we see the makings of two, not just one, but two NCAA tournament teams last night? Very possible. Very possible. I think uh, Clemson moved up to, I think it was number two in the RPI or the net after last night's win. So that gives you an idea of the what the – at least early, what the committee or whatever – metrics they use what they see the in the Gamecocks I'm not sure what the Gamecocks sit right now but I would imagine even at a loss they probably got a little bit of bump a bump because they played well on the road against a really good basketball team but Phil if those two teams continue to improve from where they are from last night and especially if the Gamecocks can get a little more well-rounded and extend what they were able to do in the first half into the second half of last night's ball game they certainly can contend for an NCAA tournament bid but I would think if you're weighing which one probably has the better pathway uh, it would be Clemson I just think they're a little more experienced as a team South Carolina is going to get more experienced as the games move along, but they've got a lot of guys that, that, that are older. They just haven't played all that much together. But I think as the season moves along, we could see potentially, wouldn't that be great, two mm. NCAA tournament teams. It has been a long time since we've been able to brag about that. Well, Shefflin finished with a dozen rebounds and a dozen points. I mean, that's back-to-back big games for him on the boards after having 17 rebounds last time out. You know, Gerard didn't have a great shooting night, still finished with a dozen. Wiggins was big for them. His outside shooting, three threes, he finished with 15. Hall was a very solid 14-8 and eight for them. Uh, Tigers kept the uh, turnovers down. Both of them did, 10-8 and eight there. Johnson finished with another big night, 26. He has been on such a – a roll. Let's see. That would be he had 53 points in his two games last week. So mm-hmm. add, that's 79 points in three games. That's lighting it up. And he's shooting it well. Eight of 16 and six of 10 and four for four. And he also had uh, four assists, three rebounds, but just not enough help in that second half. B.J. Right. Mack finished with 10. Clark finished with 10. Uh, nobody else sniffed double figures for the Gamecocks last night. So it's a real it, good learning opportunity yeah. for them, though, uh, to go on the road and have to face uh, what you know normally is not the case, but a very hostile atmosphere last night. And what I was uh, referencing, Tim Bray tweeted out after the game, Clemson second now in the RPI and 17th in the net. And Pat just tells us, according to Warren Nola, uh, USC has moved up to number nine in the RPI. So if the tournament started this weekend, they'd both be in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think, unless the committee just found a way to leave them out, Florida State. <laughs> which which happens all the time in our state. Yeah. Maybe so a, keep uh, winning, a, guys. a starting guard's <laughs> going to go down with a, a broken leg, and the, they'll say you can't win without this guy, you know. Um, all right, so we got that. And then I guess the other two pieces of big news out of Clemson uh, this afternoon. Number one, the biggest piece of news is Barrett Carter is returning for another season at Clemson. The outstanding linebacker has decided to return to school. So that is big for Clemson, considering they're losing Trotter. You got Carter coming back. You got Woodass coming back. You got another Woodass coming in and other linebackers. So that is huge for Clemson. Obviously, two things here. Number one, probably didn't hear what he thought he was going to hear about his NFL draft possibilities. And then number two, you know, Clemson probably made him a very nice deal to stay put. The money, I think Pat was the one who said this way back when. This obviously disagreed with him at the at the time, but it's proven to be true. Uh, you're going to see players deciding to stay in college because they can make yeah. good money. Maybe not NFL money, but the, there's no risk here. This is not a, a risky deal. They're going to make the money by staying put versus 
uh, risking what their draft situation would be. So that is big news for Clemson. Oh, absolutely. And I was stunned when I saw that he was coming back. It really was. I, I figured for sure. he. I was surprised he had not announced that he was entering the uh, NFL draft, especially when Jeremiah Trotter came out and said he was going to. But, yeah, that's a, that's a huge get considering some of the guys that Clemson is losing off that defensive side. Yeah. The other piece of news reported by the Clemson insider, LeVon Kirkland is joining the Clemson coaching uh, administration, not the on-field staff, but he's joining the Clemson coaching um, staff uh, in some way, in some capacity. They didn't spell out exactly what he's going to do, but he is, you know, going to have a role probably, I don't know, as an analyst maybe or, or consultant or something with the Clemson football program. So there's another experienced head, uh, NFL star, Still a name that resonates with young kids, I would imagine, those who see big number 99 with the Steelers. He's not that far removed where where kids have forgotten about him. So that would be, I think, uh, a nice addition to what Dabo Sweeney has inside his coaching room. And he would be a great motivational speaker for them. He's he's an outstanding person and, and maybe one of the better players still on that team. (laughs) <laughs> whatever role he has in terms of the coaching staff. So, yeah, when you can add former players that have been in the NFL that guys can look up to and, and understand, hey, if I go to the school X, they can get me to the NFL. It, it can't do anything but hurt your – excuse me, but help your staff. And especially with the the size of, uh, you know, Power 5 uh, coaching staffs now, you can virtually hire anybody you want. They just don't necessarily have to be on the field, but they can be around the building and, and do other things within the program. All right, and uh, let's see. Uh, Real quick before we move on, yes, just, just a yes. bit more information. And, uh, and yeah, I appreciate you throwing that out there. I had mentioned NIL. Another one of the positives people may not think about is mm-hmm. you could see enticement for players to stay. And I, I'm with you. I totally think that's, that's what's happening here. So, for example, I was looking up the most recent information I could find for Barrett Carter's current projections. Again, these are all just projections, but for the NFL draft, looks like round two or three. I'm looking back at last year's NFL draft. There were three linebackers taken in the first round, none in the second. So this isn't going to be an exact apples to apples. But in the third round, there were one, two, three, four. There were six uh, linebackers taken in the second round. And they were ranging from the highest ranked of those was Drew Sanders, who went to the Broncos. And he was getting, let's see here. His guaranteed, so keep in mind, the guaranteed amount was going to be $750,000 for his rookie year. It would then jump up to basically a million his next year. Where I'm going with that is if you're somebody like a Barrett Carter, that gives you kind of a price point there. And he could potentially come back to college, say he gets anywhere in the ballpark. We have no idea if this is what's happening, but just theoretically, if he gets anywhere in the ballpark of that seven hundred and fifty k to stay at Clemson, he could come back, assuming stay healthy. I'm sure he would get a, a big insurance policy, but if he could stay healthy, he may project himself up into the first or second round to where then you're talking about five, ten plus million dollars guaranteed as opposed to seven hundred and fifty k. So I Absolutely. think you're going to see a lot of these players taking that into account, having conversations with their family, their agent, and so forth, and trying to figure out what's best for their future. Yeah, absolutely. Good points. All right, a few other quick notes in our phone number, 888-898-2525. You want to jump on board before we get to Mike Morgan at the bottom of the hour? Feel free to do so. But a few other notes of the day. The other big story, talked about Barrett Carter and what's happening at Clemson, but the other big story of the day is that South Carolina State has hired 
Chinnis Berry as your new head football coach, replacing the retiring Buddy Pugh. Barry comes from Benedict College, where he turned the Tigers into a, well, in his three years there, went 27-7, and 22-2 uh, in the last two years, making the Division II playoffs. So he, he walked into a situation that was poor, and he leaves it in, in great shape. So he is headed to a South Carolina State to be their new head coach. That is probably one of the worst-kept secrets in the history of coaching searches. Uh, and this was expected really from the get. He was thought to be the guy the South Carolina State would eventually hire. And so they did. Also, State is hiring Nathan Cochran, one of their former football players, to be their new athletics director. He has been at Walsh University in Ohio. Then across the street – from Benedict Allen University, their head football coach, Teddy Keaton. He's left to go to Clark Atlanta University. He restarted the Yellow Jackets program in 2018 and led them through the transition from NAIA to Division II. He had his best season this season with that team going 7-3. and three. But I will tell you, being um, over there every year to interview him during our August tour and seeing where they were at the beginning and where they were at the end, what a distance they traveled. Keeping in mind, this is a school that up to now has a practice field that's about 50 yards long and maybe 45 yards wide, and it's the front yard of a dorm with a goalpost. And now they did put down artificial turf before this past season, so they would have that to practice on. But you talk about making the most of everything that you had to work with. That is what they did. Now, Allen is supposedly going to build their own stadium on Two Notch Road uh, a few miles from their campus, so that would be a big boost for them. But now they have to find themselves a coach, and, and good luck, unless they promote from within, good luck finding somebody like Teddy Keaton, who not only uh, did a good job in his own right, but he brought in some impressive assistant coaches, some former NFL guys to be on his staff. So Allen is looking and Benedict is looking and South Carolina State has filled their position. They've got a good guy, Chinnis Berry, taking over for Buddy Pugh. Uh, let's see, Michigan. Michigan is working on a new deal for Jim Harbaugh, trying to uh, keep him from thinking about Going to the NFL, they're talking about a contract extension up to $11 million per year for five years. The last hurdle is a written commitment from Harbaugh that he will not pursue the NFL after this season. You think he'll do that? I think he'd be a fool to do that. You don't want to pigeonhole yourself into a corner. But I think if I'm Michigan, part of my contract, I don't do it in years. I do it. I figure out how many games he has to coach to get that money <laughs> because he keeps gets, getting suspended for games. So I'm going to look and say, all right, he's got to coach in 13 games this year. He's got to make sure he coaches in 14 games next year. I'm not doing years. He's got to coach yeah. X number of games because uh, sooner or later he's going to do something stupid and get himself into trouble where he's suspended again like he did. The, heck, he missed half this season. Are they paying him the full boat for coaching this year when he only coached half the season? Chris, I'm right yeah, there with are. you. There, there's <laughs> got to be there's got to be some fine print in there. You, you would think a lot of legalese being put into this contract where they have an out. They, as in Michigan, get an out. So as we hear about coaches being fired with cause, you got to think if there's a big scandal or something. I don't know what exactly would constitute quote unquote cause 
but I would imagine there'll there'll be some some fine print in there. Yeah, I mean, is there no? Let's face it. What do you call Jim Harbaugh a cheater? I mean, this wasn't yes. his only. This wasn't his first rodeo with the NCAA and exactly. suspensions at Michigan. And so, I mean, do you have to consider him a violator of the rules, a repeat violator of the rules who get who skates by? He just skates by with no severe punishment? I mean, come on. what? That's actually absolutely who he is. I mean, you cannot tell me. I know they tried to pawn off the, well, he had no knowledge of what they were doing in the background when they were scouting teams. There's no way on this earth he did not know what was going on. There's no coach at that level that does not know every single thing that is happening every single day within his program. And there's no assistant coach, especially at that level, you know, when you're just getting into the business that would take this on his own and try and uh, impress the coach that way by cheating the rules. Harbaugh knew exactly what was happening. Is it fair to compare Harbaugh to Bill Belichick in the NFL? I know we're doing college to NFL, but the amount of scandals that have surrounded the Patriots dynasty or whatever you want to call it over mm-hmm. 20 years yeah, worth fair. of time mm-hmm. seems like they always had a, had a knack for very very finely skirting the line and then sometimes teetering over the top, whether it was the spy gate. I mean, as Panthers fans, we all remember what happened back what oh three, or I guess that would have been Super Bowl 04. But uh, back when they were caught, they as in the Patriots were caught videotaping before that Super Bowl. I believe they did it also with the against the Rams and a number of other times with interdivision opponents and so forth. But it, there's a lot of striking similarities there. Yeah, yeah. It's been a strange ride for Michigan, despite everything, despite all the distractions. They're one of the best teams in the country, and they've got a chance to win a national championship this year. No question about it. But it it's attained. Do you consider it attained? If they win the national championship, will it be considered – not that they will care. They're going to get no, the trophy and their rings and their money. But <clears throat> will America consider it – certainly it won't be – I mean, I know the talking heads on ESPN won't call it a tainted uh, national championship. But in reality, and on Fox, of course, Fox is the bedroom partners of the Big Ten, but ESPN's ca- uh, carrying the, the college football playoffs. But, I mean, it is a tainted – would you call it a tainted national championship should they win it? I think you almost have to, don't you? They were accused of stealing signs and in, in doing so in a way that it wasn't organic. They didn't have guys on the sidelines just trying to figure out what they were signaling in. They actually had a guy go videotape, and then they could break it down and find out exactly what they were doing. So did that help them win games? I don't know. But they felt it was necessary enough to do it to help them win games. So, yeah, I would say this is a tainted national championship. Of course, I think all of us here in the South are hoping Alabama takes that out of the mix and knocks them out in the semifinals, and it won't be an issue. All right, what else do we have for you here tonight? Our phone number, 888-898-2525. South Carolina has uh, two players named the SEC coaches on freshman team, Trovon Baugh. Offensive lineman and defensive back Jalon Kilgore. Two guys that if you can keep them in your program, they have a bright future. Sources uh, told Pete Themmel that Penn State defensive coordinator Manny Diaz, the failure at Miami, has emerged as the focus of Duke's head coaching search. So he's going to get another. Is this guy the next Will Mil- uh, Is he the ACC's uh, Will, <laughs> Will Muschamp of, of multiple chances? They must like him for some reason. Now, he went to Penn State and I guess did a good job with their defense, right? 
Well, and Elko was known as a defensive guy, too, at Duke, so maybe that's their thinking. Maybe they can continue to that sort of lineage. But, yeah, I'm like you. I, when I saw Manny Diaz was the front runner at Duke, I had to take a step back and think, do they really want to go that route? I mean, you saw what he did. They were paying attention, I would hope, when he was at Miami and saw what a disaster he was down there. And you would think they can get better athletes in at Miami than he's going to be able to, to draw to Duke. But I don't know. Yeah. I love the trolling. Sorry, real quick, Phil. Love the trolling by Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin. You know they're playing Penn State in the Peach Bowl, and he's already been trolling them about uh, various players electing to sit out the game. But then today he wrote, "Congrats," said Coach Manny Diaz, linking the article to him uh, being pursued by Duke. Lane Kiffin in full force, (laughs) thinking he won't be coaching against him in that's the, exactly right in the bowl game yeah. <laughs> yeah uh and and former gamecock receiver jason barnes is being hired as the new receivers coach at charlotte that's where perry parks was right the former no perry's at coastal now right perry parks yes Did he go yes he's at coastal now did he just come back to coastal got to go back and retrace that be back in a moment Welcome back, everybody. Big Thursday edition Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Here at the Sponsors Dinner at the Train Depot, they have a cockaboose. Did you know they have a cockaboose at the Train Depot here at – it's not really – they don't call it a cockaboose. They call, they call it, it a caboose. Caboose, yeah. Yes. But, you know, like the ones they have at Williams-Brice, they call those cockabooses. Mm-hmm. This is just a caboose. But they've got one of those here at the Train Depot. That's where we are for the uh, – Sponsors dinner tonight for the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl on our airwaves on uh, Saturday. I tried, I tried to hire Mike Morgan to do our play-by-play, but I think he's doing there. the uh, Eagles and the uh, the Cowboys or something like that. He's he um, you know it, it, this would be too much of a step down for him to leave the NFL ranks to to call a a small-time high school football game which we don't consider a small-time high school football game, but you see what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, Mike is with us now, and he is brought to you by State Farm agent Gary Patterson. For 35 years, Gary has been serving the real estate needs from Lugolf to Lexington, Columbia to Blythewood. Your auto, home, life insurance, business insurance can all be handled by Gary. When he isn't officiating, ACC football games, he's spending countless hours helping South Carolinians with all their insurance needs and making a difference in the community. Check out GaryPatterson.net today. Gary will go over the best plans for you and your family. That is GaryPatterson.net. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. No hassles, no all-day runarounds, no ridiculous add-on stickers. At Love Chevy, buying a car is fun. South Carolina's number one volume Chevy dealer. I-26 at Harbison and at lovechevy.com. Find new roads. Mike Morgan joining us here on Sports Talk. How much would it cost us to have you come to Myrtle Beach and do the play-by-play of the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl? Would you break our budget? Oh, 
No, not at all. You know, I did the Myrtle Beach, uh, the Myrtle Beach, Myrtle the Myrtle Beach, Beach Bowl. <laughs> That's a whole other bowl game. I did the Myrtle Beach Bowl last year with one yeah. Eric McLean, yeah. the mayor, uh, and and had a blast doing it. I would gladly do that bowl game again. But it's funny you mentioned the uh, high school. I was talking about this the other day on uh, Inside the Gamecocks from the Chief Sports Network, which you're a proud yep. member of. Absolutely. Uh, I remember I used to do the state playoffs at williams Bryce Stadium. They were broadcasted on ETV. Does ETV yep. still do that? <laughs> no, sir. No. They don't. Okay. So but it I, is I done. The, the, but the I remember state those, finals Mike. are done over uh, a network of stations in the state, over the air stations, commercial stations. It's the Sinclair okay. stations in our state. They do the games. Oh, good. Good, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's no reason that, that should not be televised. So we, we did it um, – I, I did it uh, two or three years, and the the one I remember the most, and you'll remember this being the savant that you are uh, mm-hmm. on South Carolina high school sports, it was the Lexington Dorman game, and Demetrius Summers was the star, and he ran all over Dorman in the first half. I believe Lexington, and somebody's going to correct me on this. Again, this is almost 20 years ago, but Lexington had a huge lead at the half. And then Dorman came storming back in the second half and won. And I remember uh, thinking that was a really fun game to call at one of my first football games on television. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Your recall is is pretty good. Before we get into some other things, I want to throw this at you and just because it's dominating, like Chris was on the call today with Dabo Sweeney and Mark Stoops to preview the Gator Bowl, but all the conversation was about transfer portal. So as of this afternoon, according to On3, 1,426 football players have entered the portal. And also today, the Attorney General of West Virginia, Patrick Morrissey, filed a lawsuit uh, led by Ohio and filed in the Northern District of West Virginia, where he joined with six other states to sue the NCAA over their transfer rule, the complaint alleges the NCAA restrains athletes from marketing their labor in violation of the Sherman Act. In their complaint, he said they discussed the arbitrary and inappropriate way the NCAA has treated Raekwon Battle and other athletes. Every athlete must be treated fairly. No organization is above the law. In a separate filing, he said they are asking the court for a temporary restraining order against the NCAA to bar them from enforcing their transfer rule. So he is trying to get a ruling to let this guy play right away, obviously, and, of course, impact all transfers across the country. So what a tangled weave we uh, – what a tangled web we have woven here. I'm trying to get it right with what we're doing now with college sports. Uh, yeah. What kind of wood would a woodchuck wood if he could? Uh, I think you were going with that one, too. Um, that one, too, yeah. What a yeah, tangle it, web we weave. That's right. That's right. Yeah, good yeah, good line yeah. there. I like that one. Um, Thank you. No, I, I, I'm at the point now where, you know, the other one, of course, is the Charlie Baker uh, coming out and basically saying, that, uh, you know, we need to start talking about making, basically treating these athletes as employees, although they're not using the word employees necessarily, and I, I have my own theory on why that is. 
Uh, but they're talking about giving a $30,000, whatever you want to call it, trust or something for mm. for college athletes. Um, you know, all these are great ideas in theory. But it, it, at the end of the day, I mean, basically players now are ruling the roost anyway. Like, I, it's the timing of the, of the first lawsuit you mentioned, it's like, dude, what, what else do you want? Player, there's no salary cap. You get whatever you want. Uh, there's no limit on the NIL. You get to leave. You get to you get the NIL money, and then you don't have to sign a contract like a pro player does. So you don't have to really honor anything. You just you just kind of do what you do, and then you leave. I mean, look at the Juice Well situation. I'd love to know, Phil. Maybe you could do a little deep uh, dig deep uh, <laughs> deep digging on this. <laughs> I almost said Dirk Diggler. That's a whole other story. Um, and and go ahead and figure out like how much money the Juice Wells make. Uh, while he was getting free physical therapy and being able to use the weight room and being, uh, you know, treated with the utmost care, uh, yeah. while virtually not playing, and and leading everybody along before he hits the transfer portal to try and make some extra bucks somewhere else, you know, I, I mean that's not in that's not even what NFL players can do. People say you want to be treated like a pro athlete. Well, that's not the way it works in the NFL. So yeah. I mean, right now. It, it, even if you were a proponent of college athletes getting more a bigger piece of the pie, I get it. But that's this is not this is not at all uh, what is good for the sport. Um, and at, at some point, they're going to have to get some guardrail, some guardrail, some continuity, what have you. And we have none of that. It, it is the wild, yeah. wild west. It's a runaway freight train. It's a, a rudderless ship. Uh, and I don't, I don't think that we're getting any closer to fixing it. And the coaches that I talk to, and I talk to several uh, coaches' meetings and what have you, they all tell me the same thing. They, they have no objections to NIL money and, uh, and athletes getting compensation. You could make an argument that's the pay-for-play part of the equation. But the pay-for-stay, in other words, I'm going to give you all this, roll this out, uh, get you all this money, you're making well beyond market value. This is not true NIL market value. That's a hoax. Uh, but then we gotta then we gotta beg you to stay because you might leave for an extra fifty grand somewhere else. Like that's not it's not in the spirit of what this was all supposed to be about. No, of course not. And everything, every recruiting related rule in the history of the NCAA, nothing is uh followed in the spirit of how the the rule was was written but what we're really seeing now uh mike and i mean there's no hiding it now it's absolute um, bargaining it is there's absolute bargaining going out there uh for players uh between the schools like you said retaining your current players you give them a figure and if they're not happy with it you know and they've got word that they can get more somewhere else then they're hitting the transfer portal john uh, we've got the case here in Columbia with Mario Anderson, the, the team's leading rusher. It's been reported that he's going to enter the portal. Uh, then some are saying, well, it's not over yet because South Carolina, you know, is still negotiating with him financially. Right. Uh, the number he's asking for is something that allegedly they're not willing to meet. The point is, based on the reporting, there's just outright financial negotiations taking place. And the more this thing, um, the longer this thing goes, the longer this is in place, this, this style, the more it becomes flat-out evident 
that the schools are having to pay and buy the players, whether it's their own players or those outside their program, and they they take players from other programs simply by buying them now. That's what it's – let's just be That's truthful. Right. You know, it would be – I would accept things a whole lot more if they would stop dancing around the fact of what they're actually doing. Just admit it. Just say it. Admit it. They don't want to call them employers – I'm sorry, employees – I guess there there are ramifications, but how can you continue to get around that? How can you co- – and you yeah. asked about Juice Wells. We've been going on the, the belief, because the source who told me this last summer should know, because he's involved in the NIL process, okay, that he was mm-hmm. given – he was making 800000 at South Carolina this past season. That was his deal, <laughs> 800000 Yeah. Now, you know, I trust this source. I don't – look – Cliff Ellis called for transparency yesterday in his retirement speech. That was he hammered that home. There's got to be transparency, um, and, and that's for the, the school's benefit. They he wants to know how much another school is offering one of his players because it's all being done secretly. This is as bad as the days when you just cheated and did things under the table. You don't know what you're up against. So that that was the information that we've always uh, leaned on when it came and to I, that situation. I, and I, that's that figure, by the way, I'm sure a lot of people's jaw dropped dropped when they first heard that out of your mouth. Um, it's not dropping. Mine's not dropping because I've heard similar type figures for similar type players. And we're at the point, I mean, you see how many established quarterbacks are in the portal. These aren't kids fighting for playing time. This is not like a Vandegrift leaving Georgia because Carson Beck might come back so he goes to Kentucky where he, can know, he knows he can play right away. These are guys that are already the starting quarterbacks for their given schools and are just leaving because they know there's some extra money. Uh, and you mentioned just be transparent. I'll tell you something that no one's ever going to be transparent that's definitely going on, and that's tampering. You can't tell me that, the, uh, that many of these kids that enter the portal and all of a sudden wind up somewhere, that there, there hasn't already been communication and again, if we want the pro model, just remember tampering is illegal. Mm-hmm. That yep, other coaches, other other assistant coaches, who knows, maybe even head coaches, are playing footsies under the table with players with other programs and saying, "Hey, look, if you come here, I can get you more money." That's got to be going on. That's got to be going on. Mike Morgan and Morgan on the move here with us tonight on Sports Talk. And uh, Mike dovetailing off of uh, Phil's comment about Cliff Ellis yesterday. First off, just wanted to get your thoughts about one of the Titans in college basketball uh, retiring in midseason, so to speak. And also a follow-up to that is uh, he basically, as Phil pointed out, said in his statement yesterday that part of the reason he is leaving is being chased out by the transfer portal and NIL. And he's going to make it his mission to try and get some common sense legislation passed. Well, first off, I, I mean, and I've done a few of Cliff's games at multiple spots over the years. Uh, what a career, right? I mean, what a career. How many total wins for Cliff? I'm sure you got the number somewhere there. Over 900. Uh, over 900. Oh, if you count Cumberland, if you count his wins at Cumberland, over 900. Of course, if you counted my wins as the coach of the uh, champion Latta Little League team back in uh, 19. 19- yeah. 77, uh, then I would have uh-huh. about uh, 12, uh, 12 wins in my career. But go ahead. Well, let's count those, and I'll be damned if we're going to deny Cumberland wins on this program. I won't stand for it. Uh, <laughs> so let's count them. And well, how about Jim Harbaugh demanding? 
How about Jim Harbaugh demanding the six wins that Michigan got while he was sitting on his couch go on his record? Go on his wins. <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna happen. But you know, <laughs> the thing about Jim, Jim has no. I mean, he he gives zero blanks about what anybody thinks about him. No filter, no nothing. Just just break every rule imaginable. I he doesn't care. It's like if you, if you're really gonna ban me, I'll just go to the NFL. Uh, that's the beauty of, of Jim. But. But no, Cliff's had a, a, a marvelous career. Now, uh, I mean, look, plenty of people have had uh, questions about Cliff Ellis's uh, recruiting practices over the years. We're being one hundred percent honest. So, uh, but that's but that's in this situation, that's actually a good thing because you need somebody who knows all where all the bodies are buried and all the tricks of the trade because now they're all under under the light of day and they're legal. But that doesn't mean they're still they're not bad for the sport, given the way they're being done right now. So, I think Cliff would be a terrific uh, ambassador in that way, and I think he had one hell of a career. Okay, Mike, you're off to the NFL this weekend, or is it college? We got college hoops this weekend. We got LSU, Kansas State. Uh, remember, Kansas State was an Elite Eight team last year. They go to Baton Rouge. Coach McMahon in his second year uh, with the Bayou Bengals. We'll have a little NFL next week. The uh, Titans with C.J. Stroud, who's been phenomenal, and Will Levis and the Titans. So I'll be in Nashville uh, the following weekend to do some NFL. So the Bayou and the Music City next up for uh, Owen oh, uh, and, and Gainesville for a basketball game midweek. So uh, throw those three out there and put put that in your pipe and smoke it. Clint. Life is good, my friend. Life is put good. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Arkansas. <laughs> Hey, how about Rocket Sanders yeah, to South Carolina? Would you like to see that, Rocket Sanders in a Gamecock Absolutely. uniform? That, that's, well, look, uh, yes, there, there's no question. And and while uh, Mario Anderson, uh, I think, was a terrific story, um, look, there are there are more naturally gifted players in the portal at his position. Mm-hmm. And you could make an argument, if you get Rocket Sanders, that might be one of them. Well, if I'm Mario, I mean, listen, I don't know the deal. I don't know all the background. I don't know anything, but my goodness. I, I also kind of question loyalty uh, of these players. And you mentioned Juice Wells and the fact that everything South Carolina did for him, and I told you the amount of money he was making, yet he still bolts. And, I mean, where is loyalty, I ask you, huh? Phil, I'm telling you, it, 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 it's driving coaches and administrators crazy because there is none. And I'll just leave you with this. If you're a South Carolina fan, if you're a Clemson fan, don't think it's just you. Everybody's being ravaged by this. There is no loyalty right now in college athletics. All right, you got it. We'll be right back. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. The lottery is not about getting rich. It's about helping people, and it always has been. The lottery is what helped raise the Great Wall of China, build the roads of Rome, and today in South Carolina, it's what generates millions of dollars each year for scholarships like the SC Hope, Life, and Palmetto Fellows. The South Carolina Education Lottery is investing in you. Visit sceducationlottery.com slash better you to learn more. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803 803- 749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. George Bryant here for Tsunami Bar Sports and some say the fun is in the winning. I say the fun is in the training and Tsunami Robbie, what do you say? George, we all know you get more done when you're having fun. This technology is different. It's engaging but it's also a lot of fun to use. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any Tsunami Bar order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! The stars do shine brighter at the beach as some of the best senior high school football players in South Carolina will be on display Saturday in the 76th Annual Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl. This is Phil Kornblut. Be sure to join us for our broadcast starting at noon from Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium. We'll have it all from kickoff to postgame, plus the announcement of Mr. Football at halftime. That's the Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl this Saturday at noon on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, we're back. Sports Talk approaching the top of the hour. Good to have you with us on this Thursday night. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel will have coming up. We've got the two head coaches from here at the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl coming up after the top of the hour break. Uh, Clay Hendricks from Furman out in Montana at uh, the bottom of the hour as we look ahead to the matchup of the uh, Paladins and the that's the Grizzlies out there, right? Grizzlies. And the, the weather Montana is going to be considerably Grizzlies. better than the last time a team from our state went up there in the FCS playoffs. You'll remember when Coastal went up there in 2013, the wind chill was minus 36 degrees. 
I remember that. I, saw, I remember that. I checked the weather forecast for tomorrow in Missoula, Montana, and it's supposed to be about 35 with light snow. So I'm, I'm sure the Furman kids will enjoy that. But, yeah, it, it was crazy. I, I did not make that trip. I was disappointed. But there's a picture inside of Coastal's field house, and you can just look at the picture and see how cold it is. I mean, yeah. it's, it's that insane. Was, uh, that was, didn't, Moglia, didn't Moglia buy some special winter gear for the players? Yes. Probably in violation had, uh, of a number of different rules. <laughs> There's no doubt. They also had uh, chicken soup on the sidelines as opposed to, like, Gatorade and water. Mm-hmm. He, he had them drink chicken soup to stay warm. And it worked. They actually well, won that game. <laughs> you, you mentioned, I think they're catching a little bit of a break as far as – and this is, uh, this is where that loss to Wofford really hurts them because exactly, exactly. they would likely be a home, likely would be a home team yep. in this round, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I was talking to uh, Dan Scott during the uh, Myrtle Beach Invitational. He said, yeah, uh, that loss to Wofford was going to really, really hurt them in the seedings because they were looking at a, probably a one or a two seed, uh, at worst, two or three seed, and what they fell mm-hmm. to seven. And so that puts them on the road in, yep. in a really hard yep. place to go play. Montana, that is not, aside from the weather, that's a tough place to go play because they're usually pretty good, clearly. Isn't yep. It's the third round of the FCS playoffs. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Matt Campbell has stepped down as a football coach AD at uh, Lugoff Elgin. And uh, so they're looking for a coach. Did a great job. There's a great guy, obviously. And John Rahm, Masters champion, joining the Live Golf League. Sources confirmed to uh, Mark Schlebaugh of ESPN reportedly. He's going to get a guarantee between five hundred and six hundred million dollars. <laughs> Good to play golf. Five hundred really and well, six hundred <laughs> million dollars to go. And I want to ask this question: What if? I mean, seriously, and this is something you have to consider. You know, the Saudis and that money—they are trying to uh, invade as many different areas of the sports scene as they can. What if they decided to get into college football? And take over a program and say, listen, you spend as much as you need to spend. We will provide you dollar for dollar whatever you need. You need a $5 million, you need $10 million, you need $50 million, you need $100 million, we'll give it to you. I would but never we have say control. never. Yeah, I would never say never with regards to that. I would think they'd probably go NFL if they're going to get into football, but who knows. Okay, we'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Right, we are Sports Talk on a busy Thursday night from all over the uh, state of South Carolina. Chris Bergen here in the PD. Pat Daniel taking care of things and holding down the fort in Columbia somewhere at the sponsor's dinner at the North-South All-Star football game, the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl. Phil Kornblut, who is mysteriously... <laughs> don't know what's happened to Phil. Hope the smells from inside the dinner. Pat didn't pull him away from us. He still got. A, he does know the the show is two hours, not just sixty minutes, right? I have a sneaky suspicion he's talking to somebody there that'll listen about either the transfer portal or NIL. 
Not sure which. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he might be getting some guests to come in and join the program here. <laughs> that may very well be the case. So, but nonetheless, Phil is back with us down in, in Myrtle Beach. We got worried about you. Yeah, yeah. I had to just go stick my head in the, in the door there to uh, remind the coaches to come uh, holler at me because, you know, they were starting to become very social in there. Yeah. Coach mm-hmm. uh, Will Young is with us from Greer. Great to see. I remember when you. you were a daggone high school player. I do. And calling you, making recruiting calls. That was a long time ago. <laughs> if my memory's right, I think you were the earliest commitment ever for Danny Ford. I was actually committed to Ken Hatfield. Ken so, Hatfield. Yeah, Coach Ford had been gone a couple years, and uh, I had committed prior to my senior year, which yeah. back then was unusual. Yeah. You know, today that people commit all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's a little different today. But, but you were early. I was. You were early. Okay, we got Coach Walt Wilson with us here as well uh, from Richland Northeast High School. We'll let him put on the the headset there as well, and he'll join us here momentarily if he doesn't break my headset. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like those ones you wear on the sideline. I was seeing that. Yeah, yeah. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Appreciate y'all coming out to uh, visit with us for a few minutes. Um, uh, Coach Young, let's start with you. How okay. has the, the week been working with your players? It's been great. I mean, I think one of the big things we, is we got some really good kids, too. we got obviously good athletes on both sides, and but uh, the, the kids are well-behaved. They're representing their school and their community extremely well, and uh, that part's been great. Weather's been decent. Hasn't mm-hmm. been too bad. So uh, it's been a good week. You've been able to get in what you wanted to get in? Well, you know, we're cramming, but uh, I think we're we're both getting in there, and uh, we got a couple more days and well, a couple more practices, and uh, – well, we got most of it in, yes. Yeah. Now, now you're facing a coach who likes to score about 75 points a game. I do remember that. <laughs> Are you preparing your defense? Well, for 75 points a game, if it gets to that, we're in trouble. Yeah. Coach Wilson, how about you and the practices so far and how things have gone? Well, it's, it's, first of all, he's right. Uh, we have some good young men. Um, it makes the process real easy, you know, and, and it's fun. You know, uh, these young men, it's just – a pleasure to have an opportunity just to be around them, you know, uh, to get a chance to be in their lives and, and, and teach them life. You know, I just keep telling them good good people make good decisions mm-hmm. and good decisions win in their big picture life, you know. You're finding that these kids are happy to be here. Uh, you know, so many things have changed with College kids, high school kids today, do you still find that they covet being in a game like this, being in an all-star game and appreciate the opportunity? Oh, yeah, that makes it special. You know, it's, it's you know, I don't know about Coach Young, but, you know, you know, if I dress out 45 kids, I, I got 25 that's there because they want to be there. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it is. But I got 44 that knows it's a privilege because it's, a, it's another 44 – that wish they could be here. Exactly right. Now they treat them. They treat them well here for this they week. Do. That's for sure. Um, Coach Wilson, what kind of things offensively are you hoping to do on Saturday? Move the ball. Yeah. How? <laughs> How? Uh, take the ball and go ten yards. <laughs> you know, that's, a, um, that's a good answer. You know, uh, basically, you know, we got is athletes on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes it an all-star game. So, basically, you, you just feel that you, you're trying to base, um, find a hole somewhere, get 10 yards, and keep it moving. Do you want to throw the ball a good bit? I, I, honestly, um, 
you know, it, it's, I feel it, it would be kind of uh, 50-50. 50-50. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Coach Young. How well, he you didn't th- give you much there, he did he? Didn't. No, I, I, I was ready for a scout report. I, I know <laughs> you were listening intently. <laughs> That's right. Do y'all still get to scout each other's practices, or it's, do they cut uh, that out? Technically, not, not something that's that, that, sanctioned anymore. No, that's not. That's not it never happens. Never it never happened. Never, huh? No, no. What about the North offense? Uh, hope you know. Same thing with the athletes. I think the big thing in a game like this is they are all stars. They're here for a reason, and uh, they were good players all year long. And uh, get those kids the ball, uh, whether it's space or in the backfield. And uh, let them do what they do. I mean, that's really how what it comes down to in an all thing. You got three days. Yeah. Uh, would you, know, you like to have gonna, five? It's going to be. Would you Would you like to have the full five? Well, I mean, if you were putting in an offense, you need the full five. Yeah. But uh, you know, here in this game Saturday, I think you'll see his athletes making plays, our athletes yeah. making plays, yeah. doing what they've done most of the year. You know, and one <laughs> of the things I tell my young men is this: in these games, every everybody's good. Okay, both teams are good on both sides of the ball. Now, the biggest thing is, I'll be honest with you, key is special teams. You know, special teams because you don't have time to get it all in and you, you, you're crunched on offense and you're crunched on defense. You know, I'll be honest with you, I really think it's going to come down to that third phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, is that the punting game and the kicking and the field goal kicking games usually suffer in these all-star games, don't they? Because you just don't have time. Yeah, that, and you also got a kicker that may have been sitting around a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's a problem too. So yeah, you get one that's played last Saturday, you, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. But uh, I think both of ours both probably of been like sitting around a little bit. A little bit. <clears throat> and you just had to import the North. Just had to import a brand new center. We did. Yeah, we had one that uh, sustained a concussion on Tuesday, and uh, we were able to get Nick Hatton down here from West Side. He was our top alternate uh, uh-huh. coming into the ball game, and uh, Nick played Saturday, and uh, so he's at least been, he's, he's well trained, ready to go, and uh, he's really excited to be here. So yeah, I was. I'm real happy he got to come. He's a good kid that we played. We played him in the regular season, and. Uh, Really wish we could take him the first time, but we'll take him the second. Absolutely. And, um, Coach Wilson, you've had pretty good turnover in your roster. You've had a number of changes for one reason or another, illness, injuries. You've had to go through uh, quite a number of players. Yeah, Yeah, we have. um, And I'll be honest with you, you know, the the thing about this is you you still you have athletes on deck that, you know, like, like Coach said, we didn't pick him the first time. But we came back around, and they got opportunity to come. You know, and, and, I, and for instance, my, my kicker, you know, my kicker just That's got right. here yesterday. And, you know, I told him, I said, hey, man, ain't how you start. is how you finish. You know, and, um, and he's happy to be here. And, and, I mean, it's just, you know, right now you, you, you got kids that, like I say, just want to play football. Yep. I know your kicker's going to be fine. He's a plus three handicap in <laughs> golf. That's pretty All good. Right, he'll, so he'll do good tonight. He's, he's, that doesn't help us win tonight. No, it doesn't. Let me ask you both this because, you know, you've been involved in this game a lot of years. I'm not trying to date you or anything, mm-hmm. but you guys have been around a lot of years. We're seeing a, a ton of changes in all areas of football. Um, and, and right here in South Carolina with the new plus three rule and all this kind of stuff. What do you think about that? You guys, of course, are public high schools. Um, 
and you don't take players from outside yeah. your, your school district. I understand that. doesn't really impact you. But what about across the state? Do you see this being a good move, Coach Young, what they've decided to do? Well, you know, I think regardless of what you do, I think the biggest thing that needs to be addressed is the difference in the, the size of the school from the smallest in that classification to the largest. Um, it looks like 4A is going to be very gigantic in the next realignment, so I'm not real sure what they're planning to do with that. Um, as far as three-time multiplier, I don't really have much thought of it. I mean, we have some transfers that are in, but not enough to move us anywhere. So uh, we're happy with the kids we got. We like the kids that are at Greer, and yep. uh, we're going to coach the crap out of them. And you got one who's going to – he's in this game who's going to be uh, a preferred walk-on at Clemson. Yeah, right? that's Chase Bird. Uh, great kid, great student, uh, really good wide receiver. Um, you know, and Clemson's done a pretty good job in the past of developing walk-ons at receiver. Mm-hmm. And uh, – I hope he's successful. I think you've got a good shot. Uh, your thoughts, Coach Wilson, on the things that have uh, changed in South Carolina football? Well, I'm going to tell you like this. I, I really don't get into it because I, I just I think, you know, this situation to me is like uh, a card game. You know, you sit down and it, you are dealt a hand. You can't say, hey, I don't want this hand. Mm-hmm. I throw it in. So – and I say when I say that is that I, I believe in controlling what I can control and keep it moving. Now, my thing is this, you know, I'm, I always say if, if a kid comes to my school, I'm a coach. If he's not, I'm not going to worry. So, you know, use it. So what, what's happening here, I think when you said um, uh, 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 the um, basic compete uh, um, balance, you know, trying to be fair, any such thing as being fair. Let's just be real about it. It's not such thing as being fair. Everybody's not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's not going to be happy. But, you know, you you got to keep it moving. And, and a lot of times we get caught up in things that we don't control. Sure, sure. You know, because um, like I said, on Friday night, who is in my region, I'm going to play. You know, I'm not going to say, well, they're too strong for me, coach. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to give you this game, coach. And I'd I have a hard time doing so that. So the too. great collegiate thing with all the schools forfeiting. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. But mm-hmm. didn't they get their point across? Because don't you think those forfeits and what they did kind of forced this thing to come to fruition? I think it's been building for a while. Yeah. I mean, I, do, I really do, yeah. especially in the lower classifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in ours no. it's not no. quite the same. But, uh, you know, you, you look at the scores in the state game, and it's so lopsided there. And, uh, you know, I don't know the answer. I really don't. Uh, private schools are not going away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a part of what we are now. And, uh, you know, hopefully somebody smarter than me will come up with a good solution. You know, because I actually been, you know, in that situation. When, my, when I came back to Columbia, I was at um, C.A. Johnson, okay, and uh, that was a COVID year. So, you know, you only had two teams going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, my first round was against Southside Christian. Mm. Very good team. Yeah. You know, so I, I understand I understand the situation because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with a 118, right, and, and they sub a complete unit on the 1A level. That's, that's interesting, you yeah. know, for a coach. It's like, well – but, you know, my thing is this, you know, it's, it's like this. You know, you don't hate the player, hmm. hate the game. <laughs> you, you understand? Because, I mean, you know, it's yeah. just like a kid. A kid only does what you allow him to do. 
So, therefore, I'm not mad at Southside Christian for putting the best team they can on the field. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's so so. Like I said, you you know you, you you can't control that. You know, everybody. It's like this. It's no fun when the rabbit got the gun. That's the bottom line. If they had a team <laughs> that basically, the gun. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. Think about what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But if you had the team, would you whine about it? Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't. I don't. I don't look at stuff like that. Like I said, I can't control it. Mm-hmm. All I can do is make my schedule. Yeah, and get my kids prepared to play. Speaking of your kids, you got a kid mm-hmm. that is your kid, mm-hmm. who's your quarterback. He's pretty good. Is he good? Yes. Yeah, he's good. He's blessed. Committed to NC State. Uh huh. Yeah. Is that going to hold on for a well, another year? Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, he loves Coach Dorn. Mm-hmm. He loves and listen. You know, when when your son says, "Dad, I want to play for him." Now, I don't know if you saw his commitment uh, tweet. You know, a lot of people, they, they, they take a picture with their self and in the, in, in the this. No, 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 no. If you look at his, it's him holding hands with Coach Dorn, a handshake. That's how he feels, that it's a partnership, you know. And, and, and when kids, you know, he feels that deeply, yes. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's been blessed to have, you know, 10, 11 more power five offers. But he feels very comfortable with the Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes, it's going to hold on. It's going to hold. Has anybody ever confused you as Charles Barkley? <laughs> I've been confused by a lot of people. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I'm serious. His English is too good for that. On. Hey, hey, I wish I could get his money. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. We can start your own show if you want. Yeah, no, hey, buddy, you know? hey, hey, just show me the dollars. There you go. <laughs> Um, hey, good luck to y'all on Saturday. I think we're going to have a great weather day. So fumbles will be few. Interceptions will be, you know, not caused by bad weather. That's but, right. Uh, hope you guys have a great game and uh, looking forward to it on Saturday. We thank you for coming out and being with us. We are too. Thank Appreciate you. It. Great Appreciate seeing it. you. Thank all you very much. All right. Coach Will Young, Coach Walt Wilson, head coaches for the North and the South, Touchstone Energy Bowl, coming up on Saturday. Great fellas, great coaches. Tremendous programs, and uh, should be a lot of fun watching them. And thanks to uh, – oh, I forgot to ask Coach Young about his uh, nephew going to Clemson now too, but it, I mentioned that to him the other, the other time when he was on with us. You know, that's his nephew who, is, uh, who, who flipped his commitment from uh, Appalachian State to uh, Clemson. No. His name is Watson, Watson uh, Young, Watson Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't believe you would throw that in there as well. Yeah, Coach Wilson is too good a speaker to be compared to Charles Barkley. Well, I'm just talking. His about grammar the face, is a whole lot better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah no, he does. He, he does like have him? a resemblance. Yeah, he does have a resemblance yeah. to uh, to uh, Coach Barkley. Yeah. But I thought Coach Barkley, Charles Barkley. But I thought what yeah. he had to say about whether or not he would worry about skisa teams and charter teams and a whole nine yards in, in the public school. I thought it was a great answer. Look, I can't control that. Yeah. And, and his analogy, yeah. it's no fun when the rabbit has the gun, I thought was spot on. I like that. <laughs> it took me a second to figure that one out. But in other words, the rabbit firing back at the hunter. Yes. Is that what he's mm-hmm. suggesting yep. there? Exactly. exactly. I'll have to use that one with uh, Major Downer on SC Wild uh, next yeah. time. You know. It's a different Major sport Downer if the deer has a gun, too. Exactly. It actually becomes a sport. I'm not sure <laughs> yes, it is it a sport. It's a, one-sided, it's a one-sided deal. Okay. Thanks to the coaches for being with us. Uh, don't forget the game Saturday. 
Airtime, high noon, kickoff, 1230. Mr. Football at halftime should have a great day for football. Very comfortable weather situation. No rain in the forecast. I think the temperatures are going to be 60s, maybe Mm mid-60s, maybe 70s. Yeah, let's hope so. So we roll to the break, and we'll come back and give you the recruiting report tonight. Uh, Then Clay Hendricks at the, uh, the bottom of the hour from out in Montana. Then we'll also hear from the two basketball coaches, Brownell and Paris, from last night's uh, Clemson-Carolina basketball game, won by the Tigers. Clemson now goes up to Canada to play TCU on Saturday. uh, The Gamecocks go to East Carolina, the end of the world, uh, Greenville, North Carolina, to play at noon on Saturday, and we'll be back in a moment. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. Hi, this is Billy Downer from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Are you looking for a safe place to shoot your rifle or handgun? Did you know that the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources operates four manned ranges across the state in Pickens County, Spartanburg County, Richland County, and Charleston County? For more information on our public ranges, visit dnr.sc.gov backslash shooting. 
Avoiding excess financial stress from the holidays doesn't take a Christmas miracle. All it takes is a Christmas loan from Founders Federal Credit Union. Our Christmas loan is designed to ease your Yuletide expenses so you can focus on what matters most, spreading joy and love. With our great rates, flexible repayment options, and outstanding service, you'll be ready for whatever the holidays might throw your way. So instead of putting that unexpected sleigh repair on next year's wish list, visit foundersfcu.com slash Christmas loan to unwrap your own magic this Christmas. Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union. Terms and conditions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. The stars do shine brighter at the beach as some of the best senior high school football players in South Carolina will be on display Saturday in the 76th annual Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl. This is Phil Cornblue. Be sure to join us for our broadcast starting at noon from Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium. We'll have it all from kickoff to postgame, plus the announcement of Mr. Football at halftime. That's the Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl this Saturday at noon on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, we again thank the coaches for being with us tonight. They were a hoot to talk to. Keep an eye on Will Wilson. I mean, committed to NC State as his coach, as his coach said, and. Um, but if he has a, a huge year, you know other people are going to start uh, coming in there. We'll see how, how strongly he holds to that commitment to, uh, to NC State moving forward. But I tell you, Coach Wilson, known as an offensive coach at uh, Calhoun County, uh, some of the numbers they put up at Richland Northeast this season were mind-boggling. They had that playoff game with Bluffton where RNE alone had over 1,000 yards. I asked him about that the day he said it was – he didn't really mean to do that, but it was out of necessity because they couldn't stop Bluffton. That's amazing. So they had to keep – they had to keep piling really up amazing. the points and the yards. Okay, the recruiting report tonight brought to you by Seawells and Pats. We all know what tomorrow is. It's, it's not just Friday here in South Carolina. Now, is it? Roast beef Friday over at Seawells. That's right. Carved roasted sirloin of beef along with southern fried chicken – and then a fan favorite, fried pork chops, to go with your local oh. farm fresh veggies, salad bar, dessert, and gravy. Who offers you, who offers you fried pork chops and roast beef all in the same buffet? Who does that? Seawells, that's who. <laughs> uh, Eleven till two for only fourteen dollars. That's the only thing. It's only fourteen dollars. You can't beat that. And if you're looking for the very best in the catering world, you know that Seawells also. And their number is 803-771-7385. Check them out online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. My goodness, i got to get along here. Clemson's in the top five at 2025 cornerback Deuce Edwards of Jacksonville. The others are Oklahoma, Virginia Tech, Louisville, and Tennessee. He will announce on January 12th. We mentioned Barrett Carter announcing a return to Clemson. Debo Williams has officially announced a return to South Carolina for next season. South Carolina, Louisville, Auburn, all set to host Coastal. Transfer receiver Jared Brown over the next nine days, according to On3. Florida running back Trevor Etienne has entered the transfer Pirtle John, according to Pete Nakos. USC offered Youngstown State transfer linebacker Alex Howard. FIU transfer defensive tackle Jordan Girard. 
and Arkansas State transfer linebacker Javante Mackey. What if everybody South Carolina has offered in the portal, John, committed? They'd have an entirely new staff. They'd have like 50 guys coming in, all transfers. None as good as Mike Armstrong, who's just walking by. I have to brag about him. The former Gamecock star defensive lineman. Um, we got more recruiting coming up, but what if all these guys they offered in the portal, John, committed? Hmm? Be back in just a moment. All right, everybody, welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Get back to recruiting in a moment. Clay Hendricks coming up as well in just a moment. Should also mention today's the official transition day where Scott Early takes over as the executive director of the South Carolina Athletic Coaches Association from Shell Dula, who is retiring from that position after many, many great years of leading the coaches association here across the state of South Carolina. So Scott Early... Now officially, after working with Coach Dula in a transition year, now takes the mantle and is the guy in charge of the South Carolina Athletic Coaches Association, and that's a big, big job. (laughs) He's coming in with a bunch of new ideas. He's coming in with a bunch of new ideas because he has traveled the country and he has Mm -hmm. listened to what other states are doing, and he wants to apply some of those here in South Carolina. Giant shoes to fill, though. I mean, when you think of South Carolina football, it does not take long before you start listing off uh, top-flight people in, in high school football and certainly top-flight coaches before you mention Shell Dula. Doesn't Coach Early know you're not supposed to replace the man? You replace the man who replaced the man. Yeah, you're supposed to be I the next right, guy. But... <laughs> He'll do a great he, job, uh, though, I have no doubt. He, he, uh, he's up to the challenge. He There's no question. Challenge. Yeah, he'll do a great job. Let me uh, let me finish what we got going on here uh, with our recruiting reports. And where would we leave off? Um, uh, J- Jared Brown reportedly met, visiting uh, South Carolina, Louisville, Auburn, former Coastal Carolina receiver. Uh, Florida running back Trevor Etienne in the transfer portal, uh, the, uh, the brother of the former Clemson star. Um, let's see, we talked about the USC offers. Uh, Ole Miss and Oregon making a strong push. For former Gamecock receiver Juice Wells, according to Pete Nekos. Uh, Paul Strelo of Tiger Illustrated reported that Clemson is interested in Middle Tennessee State transfer offensive lineman Keelan Rutledge. We'll have him in for a visit Sunday when the Tigers are having a, a bowl practice. He recently visited Georgia Tech. Clemson target transfer offensive tackle Alan Heron was offered by Syracuse. Last night, USC receivers coach Justin Stepp made an in-home visit. Strom Thurmond receiver Braylon Staley, who has been committed a long time to Tennessee, and Staley said they talked a good bit, uh, talked about family stuff. They had dinner that his mom cooked. He knows that South Carolina is thin in the receiver's room. They talked about that. He said that they would love to have him. Uh, Stepp told him they'd love to have him. In the program, they're losing uh, juice, but they're getting uh, Mazio Bennett uh, coming in. But he does realize the room there is kind of thin. At the end of all this, he said he's still committed to Tennessee. As of right now, his quote was, as of right now, 
Uh, if things go differently, then things go differently. As of right now, I'm committed to Tennessee. He's expecting Josh Heupel for an in-home visit on Saturday. He will not take any visits before signing December 20th because he's got the Shrine Bowl uh, coming up next week that's going to eat up his schedule. And Amir Adams uh, this week talked about his commitment to Clemson, the 6'3", defensive tackle from South Florence. Surprised a lot of people because most had him pegged for South Carolina, but he said, you know what? I've been going to Clemson in my mind for a long time. His relationship with Nick Eason, a big, a big reason for that. And uh, he really wasn't um, – see, he never said publicly what his inner thinking was. People were just kind of making right. – you know, putting out what they thought his inner thinking was, which is, of course, you know, it's dangerous when you do that in covering recruiting, but people do that. He said there wasn't even a close second. It was just Clemson all the way me. for him. Yeah. Yeah, those comments that he made a story we put up on the uh, website that surprised me that he said there was no close second. I was always going to Clemson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just goes to show you never know. You never Mm -hmm. know. There you go with the recruiting report for tonight. And it is brought to you by Seawells. Okay, let's head out to Montana. I hope they took their long underwear and heavy socks and uh, snow blowers and Anything, I don't know, hopefully no snow out there tomorrow. We welcome in Coach Clay Hendricks of the Furman Paladins. They get ready to play the Montana Grizzlies tomorrow night on ESPN2. And, Coach, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us tonight after your flight out to Montana. How are you? I'm well, Phil. I'm, I'm actually standing outside. We just finished a little walkthrough with our guys out in the parking lot. and um, <laughs> Yeah, I actually – Pretty nice. I, I think the weather is supposed to, I don't know, last I saw high in the upper 30s tomorrow, low in the 20s. You know, so I don't know. It gets that cold in South Carolina. And we practiced last night. I think it was 38 when we finished in Greenville last night. So, but yeah. I think it's supposed to be dry. We'll see. They played in the snowstorm last week. But, uh, you know, if it snows, we'll play in the snow. <laughs> what's the uh what's kind of the mood of your guys how do you read them this week getting ready for this game well i, I think our kids are excited to play i'm mean, short week because of the friday game uh really happy to beat a really good chattanooga team for the second time last week which is not an easy thing to do uh we're healthy you know this is week 18 of the season you know in fcs football when you count your preseason uh, so I'm not sure anybody feels perfect, but uh, I think we're relatively healthy and uh, you know excited about the opportunity. Big, big challenge coming out of the play. Montana has a really kind of unique setting with their crowd and support, you know, in FCS football. It's probably unlike anywhere else in FCS. And uh, so that's something we'll certainly have to manage. Uh, I, I just, like I said, I really think the, I, I just can't see the weather affecting our guys. Yeah. What are the key things to know about Montana? What concerns you about them? Well, it's funny. I get asked. A lot, I got asked a lot this year, this week, about hey, who do they look like? You know, who do they, who do you compare them to? I said they look like the team we practice against every week. You know, hmm. I think we're built similarly. Uh, you know, mature team. You can tell they're they're a tough-minded kind of group, which I think we are too. Uh, they want to run the football. We want to run the ball. They're really good against the run. We're really good against the run. They probably throw it around a little more than we do. 
Uh, they've been really solid in special teams. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just see, I just see a lot, a lot of similarities, you know. And it's, it's in the day. Can you go out and execute? Can you take care of the ball? Can you be really good in, in the kicking game? I think, you know, obviously, whoever runs the ball the best, I think, is probably going to have a great chance to win the football game. Coming off the win that you had against UTC, uh, you know, they jumped on top, and then you guys strung together uh, a lot of points and, and won that one uh, you know, pretty handily. So after losing that game to Wofford but having a couple of weeks to get ready, did, did you feel like you were back on your game against UTC, that things were kind of back in order with your team as you get ready for this one tomorrow night? Well, I think we were. I mean, we went about three weeks. You think about it, we didn't have our quarterback, and we didn't have our two lead rushers for about three weeks. And, you know, Tyler was one of those guys. That's a that's not an easy thing to overcome. Um, you know, but I think we got healthy. That was kind of the key for us. And, uh, you know, I, I, our kids have played hard, practiced well all year. You know, we just uh, – you know, we've been in a bunch of tough football games all year. and um, But, no, I, I was really pleased. I thought we left a few points on the field last week. We had two called back, and then I thought Tyler made a couple of great throws. They got dropped. Uh, you know, he missed a couple of throws we'd like to have back. We think he hadn't played in a month. You know, he went three weeks after the injury without throwing a pass. So that's not the easiest thing just to come back from. But I thought he came out of the game probably a little sore from not being hit in a month. Um uh, I felt really good and get, had a good week of prep, even even with a short week. Uh, so, no, we, we, we feel good. We're ready to go. Clay Hendricks with us here tonight. The Furman Paladins in the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. They'll play at Montana tomorrow night, 9 o'clock hour time, 7 o'clock out in the mountain time zone. And, Coach, you talked about these two teams. It almost looked like your team when you go out to practice because defensively they are very stout in terms of scoring defense, as is yours. In terms of momentum, though, um, after your loss to Wofford, you guys were able to bounce back and obviously win this past week to advance, but they have not lost a game since late September. Does that have any bearing, do you think, in the playoffs playing well throughout the uh, back half of the season going into the postseason? Oh, I'm sure it helps. Uh, I'm sure it helps. You know, I uh, actually, I I think each game, each little trend is a little little different. I I, uh, I I get reminded of that last game a lot, but – you know, our, our kids were so solid all year. And, again, like I said, we, mm-hmm. we, we should have been able to overcome some things. And, you know, we, we had good enough players we, we should have been able to overcome. And, you know, the, and I, you know I think sometimes you just got to understand that uh, – I think we all understand that every week's a challenge. You know, every week brings on a different little, little bit of a challenge. But I think it starts with being healthy. You don't have your players, it doesn't matter, you know. We all right. think we're great coaches, but we're a whole lot better coaches when our players are – our best players are out there. And like I said, we're healthy. Um, you know, we're like I said, about as healthy as, as you can be. And, uh, you know, we played really well against a really good team last week. And, and you know, it's a whole new season. Uh, you know, there's only eight teams left with a chance to win a national championship. And, we, you know, we want to be four, one of the four mm-hmm. after after tomorrow night. And, uh, but but you got to go play well. And, uh, you know, preparing well helps you do that. And we had a really good week of prep. And, and, again, I think we're ready to go play well. Good luck to you, sir. We wish you the best out there in Montana. We'll all be tuned in tomorrow night on the Deuce watching. And, like you said, you can get to that Final Four with one more win. Thanks for joining us tonight after a long day of travel and practice. We really appreciate it. Go get them, Coach. Thank you. Great being with you guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you, you all Clay the time. Hendricks.
out in Montana. <laughs> out there where Yellowstone is, I wonder if he's going to uh, have a chance to go visit the Dutton Ranch while he's out there. I don't. I think guess so. it's probably not. They got no. they got bigger fish to fry, but that's going to be a, a tough setting tomorrow night. They have not lost oh. at home. Montana has it this year. Yeah, no question about it. Okay, now let's turn our attention to the basketball from last night and catch up a little bit with the two head coaches, Brad Brownell and Lamont Paris. We'll begin with Coach Brownell's comments. And okay, all right, we're not doing that just yet. I'm told. Um, Okay, all right. I hear you. I got you. I understand what you're saying. Speak English to me. Yes, sir. <laughs> you're picking up what I'm putting called, down, huh? This is called stalling. I'm stalling here. I've got that game ball presser ready if you want that. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're right. That's what we've got to get to. Okay. We're thinking here on the Do move. Really? Let's go to that. That's 20 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. You talked at the <laughs> Open. This was the two best hours of the day. I'm grateful for that because I, the 20 worst minutes of my day were listening to that drivel today about the uh, transfer portal. Well, we'll let you lead into a little bit of uh, dabble. <laughs> you get to do it again we'll, here. <laughs> we'll, we'll go there. We'll, we'll make you relive those terrible uh, 20 minutes, but it's not that long. We're going to run just a segment of it. So you lead us in to what you had to endure with Dabo Sweeney and uh, Mark Stoops. I don't necessarily blame Coach Sweeney nor <clears throat> excuse me nor Coach Stoops because they were just answering the questions they were asked and in in my in their defense I could have asked something about the game but when the situation when Kate Klubnick's not brought up the only players that are actually mentioned are not with the programs anymore uh, it it got a little tedious you know normally a press conference for a bowl game is about all right how are you going to slow down this team or how are you going to move the football against this team but that was not the case but nonetheless. Uh, Dabo Sweeney and Mark Stoops met for a Zoom call a bit earlier today. You'll you'll be able to tell it's a Zoom call because some of the audio is not real crystal clear. They sized up their matchup at the Gator Bowl in a couple of weeks down in Jacksonville. Yeah, well, thanks for having us today. And uh, first of all, I just say congratulations to Coach Stoops and Kentucky uh, for another great season. You know, a program that I've I've had uh, you know just like everybody, a great admiration for watching. You know what's happened there under Coach Stoops. I mean, he's done an amazing job, and and um, you know, so congratulations to them. Um, and uh, for us, we're we're excited, as you said. This is a. I think we've been to the Gator Bowl uh, more times than than any other bowl. So there's a there's a great uh, tradition and history with with Clemson Nation, and then in in particular for me personally, uh, my very first bowl game as a coach was 1993 I was a GA at Alabama and we played North Carolina that was my first ever bowl game as a coach and my very first bowl game as a head coach was um you know in the the January of 09 against Nebraska so and haven't been back since so I'm I'm super excited to be back it's a great uh great bowl game uh tremendous city I recruited Duval County. That was my recruiting area when I was an assistant, so I got a lot of familiarity there. And obviously we got some three great players with the Jags as well. So just really excited about coming and, uh, you know, for our team to have the opportunity to experience uh, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl is a, is a, is a, the culmination of a great finish for us. I mean, we, I'm really proud of our team and how hard they worked to go from where we were midseason to the Gator Bowl as a, a tremendous accomplishment uh, for our guys, and I'm really thankful for that and, and excited for them to have this opportunity uh, to, to have the experience 
happy for our fans and uh, just really appreciate all that y'all do to, 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 to put it on. There's, there's so many things that go with uh, the bowl experience and starts with all the great volunteers and, and the sponsors and, and everyone that, 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 you know, uh, gives back and gives of their time to, to make it a great experience for everyone. So on behalf of uh, president Clements and Graham Neff, our AD, you know, we're, we're super excited about coming and having a great week and know it's going to be a, uh, a great matchup and, and, a, and a very competitive game. Well, thank you. We are honored uh, to be back in Jacksonville. We are looking forward to it. Um, I'd also like to Coach Sweeney has been uh, the, the model of consistency. Their program is uh, one of the premier programs and a top program year in and year out. And I think both uh, – you know, really big highs this year and some lows. And we both finished on a on a positive note. Of course, they won their last four. Uh, we had a big victory versus our rival in, in Louisville. So uh, appreciative of our team and the way we finished uh, through some ups and downs this year. Um, but again, it's a great honor to play Clemson. Uh, Coach Sweeney does a remarkable job. Uh, thank you to, to you and your staff. It, it's been an absolute joy for us to play in that game up we played in it twice time and uh we we have a remarkable time it's a beautiful uh setting uh, it's a great venue uh we also have a couple guys that are playing on the jags that we're very we're very proud of and and uh look forward to getting down there and, and having a very uh competitive game against a, a great team and a great program hey coach Sweeney. um Good to see you. Uh, you made a uh, a couple additions to your staff recently. I, I think Clemson fans are uh, pretty familiar with Coach Rumpf. He's made the, the rounds in the NFL. Um, tell tell us a little bit about uh, him and also Coach Luke. Uh, what what put when did uh, Coach Luke get on your radar and and why did you feel a change was necessary there? Yeah, well, well, you know, first of all, uh, great appreciation for Coach Key and Coach Austin. Uh, you know, two guys that I've had lifelong relationship with for whiskey and certainly, um, you know, Thomas Austin and coaching him and a captain for me. I mean, just, you know, two people that I love, uh, coach ski and I, we, something we talked about actually for a while. And I think he, he honestly was kind of, you know, ready for, uh, a, a change. And we talked about what that looked like and, and we both felt like, well, this is probably the best time. And, and then, uh, you know, just, just, you know, three days in the office there and really just kind of evaluating, you know, everything. I just felt like that um, it was just, it was just a change was needed, you know, as I said um, in the, in the leadership of the OL room and, and uh, not an easy decision. These are, these are, these are very difficult decisions. So, um, but I'm, I'm, you know, thankful for, um, you know, just the relationship that we have and the people that uh, that we have, uh, you know, coming in. I mean, this is a, a great opportunity for uh, Coach Luke and, and for us. I mean, I've known Matt a long time and uh, honestly, um, you know, was not anticipating making a change there. You know, I really did not make that decision until probably Wednesday. Um, I made that decision that that's what was going to happen. And, and um you know, just reached out to Coach Luke and and just to kind of kick his tires and see if he was interested in getting back in, and and he was ready. So it was good timing for him. He's a great fit. Uh, he's got a, a ton of great experience. You know, uh, he's coached a lot of great players. He's got a great recruiting background as well. And uh, so, you know, really excited about 
he and Ashley and, and uh, their two precious boys coming in to, to join us. And then, as you alluded to, Chris, um, going back a long time, Chris and I were assistants together. And then when I became the, the interim and then the head coach, he was on my first staff and did a, a fantastic job. And so he left here after the 2010 season, went and worked for Coach Saban at Alabama. And he's been in some some of the best programs in the country. And then for the last several years, he's been coaching pro football. And, um, you know, he's actually a guy that, had you know, tried to hire him back in 17, uh, but it, the timing wasn't right for him. And then again, he went on to the NFL and uh, so this was this was the right time, and he's super excited. Uh, so he and Keela, uh, they're just two of the the best people that 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 I've ever known. I've got great relationships with them for a long time. Both their boys, um, you know, uh, Chris, their, their boys, Chris, Chris, their oldest, who plays for the Chargers now, grew up with my my son. So just a lot of relationships and. You know, he brings a ton of experience, uh, a ton of familiarity with our recruiting fr- footprint. He's from South Carolina, and obviously he knows Clemson. So a uh, great addition to both these guys, and and uh, we got him out and, and hit, hit the ground running already. And, you know, as far as timing, obviously um, the, the world has changed from a recruiting standpoint and the early signing period and all those type of things. So uh, the timing of it is, is we needed to, um, you know, get this done now so that we could – you know, get these guys on the road and get started and, and, you know, take advantage of some opportunity to create relationships with guys on your current team. And, and uh, so look forward to getting practice started this weekend and, and, uh, you know, starting that process. Okay. Dabo Sweeney, some of his comments from the conference call today with Mark Stoops as they get ready for the Gator Bowl and, we should give you just a couple of minutes of Brad Brownell since he was the winning coach last night. South Carolina and Clemson, the Tigers win it, and they go to 8-0, and they'll climb in the polls. Of course, they got a tough one with TCU this weekend up in Toronto. A couple of minutes, Brad Brownell following last night's win. Uh, obviously ecstatic with the win. I thought it was uh, – I thought both teams played really hard. Uh, it wasn't – one of the prettier basketball games at times, but uh, the competitive spirit by the kids on both teams was really high and uh, will to win. Um, I thought both teams guarded and really bothered each other at times. Uh, the game was very physical on both ends. So it was hard to finish some plays around the basket. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm pleased with our guys for finding a way to win more of a defensive type game. We've had some games where we've really shot the ball well, and one um, tonight we won because we guarded better. And uh, you know, I thought uh, Ian's rebounding late was really good, and we had some timely offensive baskets. Played our execution in the second half was better. Um, you know, I thought we were a little just so amped up. We missed some shots around the rim that we sometimes make. And um, but South Carolina is a very good team. Uh, Lamont does a really good job, and and. Uh, I think they're going to have a great year, too. Brad, what, what do you find out about this team? It's like the third time that you guys come up in double digits to win a game. Um, you know, we're older, so I, just, I hope we don't lose our poise. I talked about that at halftime. Is just, you know, we're a little amped up. We'll play better in the second half, but we have to sustain defensively. Um, you know, I thought we messed up a couple switches in the first half. You know, it was loud in there, so I think guys couldn't hear all the time. Uh, made a couple defensive mistakes. Uh, we were we were better. I thought we did a 
pretty good job. Um, they do a lot of different things. They have small lineups. They have big lineups. They post you. They post guards. They can shoot with their bigs when Max in the game. Um, you know, we only had a couple of days to really kind of get adjusted to it all. It, it was, you know, it was a lot to for our guys to have to tackle. And I thought we just hung in there and, and did a better job the longer the game went. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of just talked about that. We gotta, we're going to have to really play well defensively because this is a – they're a good defensive team. It's hard to score uh, against them. Um, so just, again, it was a great, great win for us. All right, there you go. Some uh, Brad Brownell. We'll see if the Tigers can keep it going this weekend. I just noticed here a story about another lawsuit. Lawyers Steve Berman, Jeff Kessler have filed a new suit against the NCAA and the Power Five conferences. This case on behalf of three athletes challenges what the complaint calls the NCAA rules prohibiting pay for play. This is by Steve Berkowitz. So from USA Today Sports. So let the lawsuits pile up. You know, mm-hmm. pretty soon we'll have one eight hundred call me to sue the NCAA. <laughs> That's what you'll have. Jim Corbett. Call Jim Corbett to sue the NCAA. Thank you, Chris. Yes, sir. And thank you, Pat. Great job. Thanks to everybody here. We'll see you tomorrow night.